passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ricochet on the top of the cage, beginning to stir as the seven other superstars try desperately to get to their feet. What is Ricochet thinking? Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Don't tell me, Ricochet. The preeminent high flyer. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Showtime, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the NXT TakeOver Post Show. I'm John Pollock, joined by the hosts of Up Next, Braden Harrington. Hello. And Davey Portman. Hello, hello, hello. That's what everybody was waiting for. Welcome, guys. Welcome to Post Office West. You've been here before, but it's been a little refurbished since you were last here. It's like a little radio station. A bit of an upgrade, all courtesy of Wei Ting. The West Side, the Post Side. I love it. Does it's this awesome. get your approval, Braden? As yeah, a- look at us all professional. You got a mixer, you got microphones. You're so fancy, your microphones have like the robotic arm things on them. Like you're. You're, I could start making some beats down here, maybe. You could. I'll bring my KRK Rockets in here. I'll get some keyboards. It saves me from bit. listening to it every day. So, yeah, please. That sounds like a good arrangement. Yeah, we could, you know, how's the soundproofing? Can you... Can you it's not soundproof yet. That will be the next shake, stage. It might shake the, the whole house as it does our house. But. Yeah, we're not going to try that today. Uh, but may, maybe a future uh, jam session. Right, we'll Braden. get Wayne here. I know Wayne wants to play some guitar. He can do that. I'm very thrown off because it is only 20 after 10 on the East Coast, and a WWE pay-per-view has been over for almost an hour. This will not be the case on Sunday night, but this is like this show ended, and it's very rare that I say to myself, "I could do another hour of this. I'm I'm okay to keep going here, wrestling-wise." Selfishly, I like I I get to go out still after. Like I can still enjoy my Saturday night. It's still early. Does that really prevent you uh, otherwise? Well, like if I watched if if it was like Survivor Series tonight on Saturday and it would go all the way to like past eleven, then I'm like, uh, you know, what? I'm just gonna call it, stay in. That'd be that to me would make a bit more sense. Do do the lengthy pay per view on on the Saturday and then keep get people done early on a Sunday. I guess that doesn't help your going out. No, if I don't you have to, to work go, on I don't a need to go out on a Sunday. No, well, that's the holy day. Dog. Although we are going out tomorrow. Oh yeah, wait, actually, yeah, we have a birthday <laughs> thing after. Yeah, we're having a bunch of people. We're having some listeners. Over at our house. This sounds like quite the Survivor Series party you're having. Yeah. Uh, so we're just having some people over, and then we're going to watch it tomorrow, including a visiting friend from Pro Wrestling Tees, Scrump, uh, decided to drive up uh, here to Toronto, and he's been hanging out. So we watched Do you want to add some context for people that may not know who this is, he's but they have the... probably seen him on a pay-per-view? Uh, yeah. He is uh, also no- Scrump, a.k.a. Penis Druid Number 2. For those of you who watched All In, he was one of the pianist druids. He worked for Pro Wrestling Tees, so if you 
uh, I don't know if you like them, go to their website. They do all the shirts. But uh, he just decided to join us. And he's, he's like the Mexican-American version of myself. So we're bros. He comes up. He came up to hang out with us. So I don't know if you noticed yet, but the haunted penis painting now has been signed oh. by a penis druid. Oh, an authority. oh my yeah. god! So like <laughs> the, haunted... the value of that painting has gone up significantly now. <laughs> wow, it's signed by someone famous essentially. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's here. Uh, we're gonna have uh, uh, one of our friends here from post wrestling, Martin. He's gonna come. He's going to watch it with us. And then a listener, Jesse from The Six, might join us as well. It's just a party at the BDE, always. You've been there, John. I have been there. I was there for the Halloween party, which had uh, Scrump showed up for that one in his costume. He would have won the unofficial con- costume, yeah. costume yeah, contest. Costume contest. Um, well, yeah, we, we we like to throw events, so, you know. Well, maybe you can document this party. This sounds like quite, quite the... Uh, I feel like I need to get a couple more controllers, get a bit of 2K going as well. Get some 2K so you can spank everybody. Yeah. It's a burial cart going, maybe. What do you think about that? That's a fun survivor. Story. It could be, uh, you know, the group of four strive to survive burial yeah. cart. Well, you know, funny enough, we were also thinking since we are here in Toronto and we like throwing such parties and events that if anyone was was thinking of coming up for uh, SummerSlam or the NXT Takeover in Toronto, that's going to happen next summer. We were thinking of doing a special up next Takeover tailgate. Ooh. Here in the six, so we were wondering if uh, you know throwing the throwing out out there if anyone would be. Yeah, we've been chatting to us. a couple of people. We've yeah. got a few ideas and think it might be a go. We just so. like to throw parties and have a good time. Uh, you know, uh, meeting weird friends on the internet through wrestling and wrestling podcasts is a fun, interesting thing. So we've been doing that. So look out for the up next takeover. Uh, what are we calling it? Tailgate. Tailgate. Yeah, the takeover tailgate. Yeah, I love yeah. it. And we, we can chat off the air. I might have, uh, I may have something I can oh, add for you oh, guys for that. Oh, uh, damn. Right. Maybe a venue. Oh, who knows? Oh, who knows? Oh let's God. not let's not tease too much. Well, that's getting ahead because that's a few takeovers later. Yeah, it is. Yes, though only three. There will be three takeovers before that's SummerSlam. Like that's the way yeah. I like it. That's two, crazy. Just two, isn't it? Rumble, Rumble Mania. Mania, Money in the Bank. Is Money in the Bank one oh, they true. do with? Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, they do one there. But still, that's uh, yeah. that's not too many. Well, let's get into this show. Uh, going into this one, guys, you know, you guys uh, go through NXT each week. Compared to past takeovers, where was your interest level, Braden, going into this one? Uh, going on paper, this card looks like one of the best cards that they put on ever. And I might be as so bold to say that, and fight me on this, people on Twitter, but was this the best takeover ever? I feel like that's the question everyone asks afterwards. Exactly. And yeah. you're either going to just upset people by saying it's not, uh, or um, you just default to New Orleans this here. Going into this one, I had, I like, everything's about the war games and everything, but the one match I was going into this, like, it must seem match for me was the Alistair Black and Gargano, simply because we follow NXT every week, the, the actual show, and some people might not just follow the week to week show. We've been struggling with this Al- who attacked Alistair Black storyline for so long. And then the final reveal, it, an- it upset a lot of people, but I loved it. It's like my comic book. What I've loved about this story is, did you ever see that? Uh, I think it was called Wrestling is Wrestling, uh, the yes. YouTube video all about Triple yes. H. And yes. how in wrestling, you tend to, you have a story. And then as soon as the person turns bad or good, that story ends. And they're, they're essentially a new character. Whereas I've liked this whole Johnny Gargano story, looking at him since... 
the first Dusty classic when he came in and you see it as this linear story where all the choices he's made and the things that have happened to him have made complete sense. Right. So with the feud with uh, Almus, it was still... Uh, you still the Champa thing was still in his head and you could see that and that was the affecting those outcomes. And now the Champa story's ended, but it still led him down this path where he's he is evil. now. He's evil. So, he became Johnny Takeover. Yeah, I've I found this like really interesting, and I think um, I was going into that this card simply because I was so invested in that story. Like personally, like it's one of my favorite angles in wrestling was this Johnny Gargano reveal as the attacker. It's, it's so good. It reminded me of comic books and stuff. So going into this card, everything looked great, but this was like I, this was the match I needed to see this weekend for me. Yeah, and I think that with the Jar- Johnny Gargano character, that I feel in NXT there's a certain good faith that people have in NXT that this turn is not just to be some knee jerk reaction to uh, a certain reaction. And we don't know where we're going to go with this character. And by six months from now, he could be very flat. Like you have this belief that they know where they're going two months from now, six months from now, they probably have it penciled in of what is Gargano's WrestleMania takeover program going to be? Well, if you listen to Up Next every week, me and David basically fantasy booked yeah. this whole Up to Takeover next summer, and it involves Johnny Gargano finally getting the title from Champa down the line, which it could still lead to that. Mm. And what you suggest that DIY get back together and somewhere down the line or something like that. Yeah, it very not? well is probably yeah. what's going to happen, which is great. And it's on the brand that you would assume would have the the most aversion to long-term booking because there's no guarantee any of these performers are going to be there. They could be called up on a, on a whim. Just all of a sudden, we, we want this person and they're gone. That's not a problem that the WWE main roster has to deal with except for an unexplained injury or someone's contract is up. Like, it's very rare. You can build as long-term as you want. NXT, it's you are somewhat handcuffed by the fact that any of these performers can be plucked from you at any given point during the year. But even when uh, when injuries do happen, they they managed to use it in such a clever way where it, it like hasn't, if anything, Black, it, it's yeah. made the... Well, Alistair Black, he, that, was, he was hurt. Yeah. And Champa being look how hurt, they I came think, up with this. Yeah. I think, had Champa have not been injured then, and we'd have had this story over a while ago, we wouldn't have had any of the Gargano Almas title picture thing. Right. Um, I think for the, like, obviously you don't want people to get hurt, but I think it was better for the overall story. Um, same with Black. And uh, rather than it just being pulled away and well that's not going to happen now and move on it they're very clever with the way they book yeah nxt is my favorite because the storytelling and everything is going somewhere and it leads to something it's not false letdowns and mickey mouse booking so that's what i love so on the kickoff show we had charlie caruso along with sam roberts and pat mcafee who who is this guy? <laughs> David did not like this guy. See, I've watched this guy. He's now done a few of these panels. Yeah, I know. This guy's really grown on me. I, know. <laughs> I said to him, I'm I like, enjoyed I this guy. This guy. <laughs> I enjoyed him by the end of He's this. He's like me turned up but, to like a 20. But uh, believe me, he has the, the persona that your first exposure to this guy, your knee-jerk reaction is to dislike him heavily, especially during that Matt Riddle bro part. Yeah. Oh. But I feel like he's the chalk that you just come to enjoy. And that's where he's gotten to me. Because What's his look, name? Pat McAfee. He's okay. a former football player, but I know he's done a few of these panels, so right. it's not the first yeah, time I've, I've seen, seen him before. It's yeah. just so jarring because there's such a, a mold of WWE announcers and backstage interviewers and all that. And he was 
complete like he hasn't been produced at all by the looks of it no. um yeah it was part. jarring to me the bro so on the pre-show we had uh there wasn't a whole lot outside of matt riddle was brought onto the panel and as he's speaking there you see walking in the background the man of the weekend david arquette i didn't realize that <laughs> i was he i didn't catch this but up. several others did and it Appeared to be David Arquette. Have you guys heard about this match with Nick oh Gage? My yeah, goodness, mm-hmm. I've seen the photo. David Arquette, calm down. What well, are you doing, man? I'll have to, I'll have to show you guys this match. But it was just he absolutely got, frightening. His Macho Man and Elizabeth tattoo got ruined from this match. Like, yeah, he, he said, he said Miss Elizabeth, Elizabeth is dead, bleeding yeah. or is crying. <laughs> it's crying a tear of blood. This uh, was just, like, can he go make Scream Five or something? Like, dude, don't you're gonna die? What are you doing? Well, he was. Uh, he was about to scream by the end of this match. It was something else, but we won't go I heard down. he asked James Caan if he wanted to make Ready to Rumble 2, and he was like, no. <laughs> he might be working on the rematch with Nick Gage as a Deputy yeah. Dewey. Um, so David Arquette, cameos aside, Cassius Ono then came in, confronted Matt Riddle, stating he would expose Riddle. And this was originally expected to be taking place on the television show this week. Right. And my understanding was... The original idea was to tape this beforehand, but then, I guess, uh, last-minute decision, they put this onto the show. Uh, the only match they taped prior was one with Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae that presumably will air this Wednesday. So, uh, TakeOver Proper starts with Matt Riddle coming out and stating he does not have a match tonight, calls out Ono, who came out calling him stupid, he's not ready for TakeOver, and agrees to the match. Uh, did you like this switch, throwing this onto the card at the last minute? I didn't. No, I I was annoyed by the like quick outcome. Because this was a match I was excited to see. I, I wanted, was too. I wanted to see it on the TakeOver. Yeah, I thought it deserved it to be on yeah. TakeOver, but I didn't like this one kick and done. Um, like clearly leading to a rematch and it just makes Ono look like an idiot and I think he's looked like an idiot for a while because he's been putting on good matches but he's the guy that loses and then to have him like lose so quickly he's like NXT dad he like he just always helps out everybody and then this one was just like a quick like I wanted to see that match and as we were saying like promoted the show was done by 9.30 yeah you could have had them for 10 we had time for for something it seemed like the idea was to put Matt Riddle over very strong. He just hit the flying knee and pinned him in six seconds. But I was like you guys. I really wanted to see this match. I mm-hmm. thought that was a big appeal to this week's show. Like, they've had matches in the past, and I'm sure this is a great first opponent for Riddle. Yeah. So I can't fault that they clearly see a ton in Riddle to get him off to a big start. But I do feel this was the kind of match that the audience was anticipating and the fact it was advertised on Wednesday I'm sure there were a lot of people in the building who were looking forward to this right. um, as ma- as much as some of the other matches on the actual takeover well, we've been saying because we normally call the the NXT after takeover the hangover show because not much happens and right. we were like oh wow we get that match well we're going to have some good wrestling but now we're going to get one match and recap yeah so, I guess that doesn't, it's really the hangover uh, this for me was the only blip of the show and would be the thing that maybe makes me question, is this the best takeover or not? Um, yeah, this seemed like it was just like a segment, essentially. I'm kind of done with the bro stuff already. And it's yeah, like whenever WWE in. gets their hands on something, it seems like they take the coolness out of it. Because like, bro, I'm I'm done. I don't want I don't like it. I'm already over it. Did I, you notice what the back of his pants said, though? 
Broweiser? It was the Budweiser. Oh, was I did yeah. I did not notice that. I saw <laughs> I saw the, the front where it had like the, the NXT, NXT logo, logo as yeah. bro. And then the bright yellow pants, shorts. Yeah. What do you guys see as the length of Matt Riddle in this uh in NXT? Do you see it being a year or do you see him uh, being called up I, before that? I think as soon as uh his like his cuz you know like he's kind of like the goofball kind of thing, really like weird and strange once he kind of evolves and finds the perfect like groove there he's gone he's gonna go to the main roster but he's got to find that i think yeah i mean coming out in yellow shorts though with the bro visor for me there needs to be a like i've seen loads of his matches and he's great but i feel on on like the indie scene you don't really need that much more than just putting on good matches exactly whereas wwe you're gonna something and it's a bit two-dimensional at the moment and it yeah, needs, I think so I, I would like to keep him down there for a while to find a bit more depth. What would be helpful would be airing a feature like that video they put up this week. Yes. Like that's the kind of thing yeah, that is going that. to connect you to this guy. If you don't have the prior recognition of who this guy was, if you don't have that prior attachment and you it's coming in cold. No, I mean, most wrestling fans who watch NXT know who he is, but imagine you didn't and then you show someone. It's very hard not to yeah. root for this guy when you see this video that here yeah. he is scraping right. away on the indie scene, making no money. His yeah. wife is working multiple jobs to support their family, and now he's gotten his big break. It's yeah. a really great video they put up. I, I foresee him being a big star still. But really, as you were saying, if if you haven't seen him before, if all you watch is WWE, you have no knowledge outside, it comes across a bit of a Mojo Rawley kind of yeah, character. Yeah, just yeah, especially a bit tonight, obnoxious tonight, and yeah. irritating. Exactly, it's so, definitely like that. Yeah, they definitely need to make he'll, him a bit more human. He'll, he'll find it, he'll find it. I, I, I know he will. So then we go to the next match. Big one for Davey. Shayna yeah. Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Two out of three falls for the NXT women's title. And it started off very aggressive from Kyrie Sane, going after Baszler, attacking her. And early in the first fall, Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir appear and attack Sane, throw her into the post behind the referee's back, and into the ring she goes. Baszler applies the Kirifuda clutch, and Kyrie submits in two minutes. So it looked like they were just going to race through falls. And my thinking was, okay, they're going to do two quick falls and then a prolonged third one. But it was just a sprint through all of these falls. Baszler begins the second with a running knee. She goes again for the choke and Sane is able to get out with a rope break. Baszler is beating her down. Sane comes back with a couple of roll-ups and then this... They go to the edge of the apron. Mm. Sane counters and hits the scariest-looking spike DDT onto the edge of the apron. I thought Shayna Baszler was dead. Hardest part of the ring. Oh, my God. She came right down on this. And, I mean, Shafir and Duke go immediately to her. And I guess the referee realized quickly she was okay because he then retreated back into the ring. And they just kept going. This was amazingly. She seemed fine. Sane then climbed to the top, hit the insane elbow to the floor onto all three women. Back inside, hits another elbow, pinning Baszler. Uh, that comes 7.35 of the entire match, and we're into fall number three. Oh, baby. They fight on the top. Sane reverses a gut wrench into a sunset flip power bomb. Audience is pretty hot for this. And then again, uh, Duke distracts the referee, allowing Shafir to attack Sane. Dakota Kai runs down, but they're beating her down two-on-one. Io Shirai runs down to even it up and hits the most 
Uh, gorgeous moonsault off the top. That's the rotation of this it. was incredible. It was so picture perfect. In a jeans and a boots as well. Like, yeah, <laughs> she had like, boots on. It. Damn. Uh, it looked incredible. And Sane returns Baszler in, hits an insane elbow, or at least tries to hit the insane elbow, but is caught with a crucifix upon landing, and Baszler rolls her up 10.53 to retain the women's title. The audience got into this a lot. I would say my only criticism is I would have preferred if this was the layout, just do a match that I don't think we needed three falls in this. True. Uh, the, the interference was was a bit too much for me, but I, I think I, you could have done everything in this match and just yeah, done the falls, same yeah. uh, third fall finish. Because I guess I guess you could still say Kyrie is like still kind of cheated out of the win from the heel, but it's yeah, because it should have been a DQ loss. And yeah, so many times they were like causing her not to win, and then she hits her elbow, and then gets a fall, and then goes for it again, but she goes to the well too many times, and then loses essentially because Shayna scouter. So actually, Shayna is the. The, the true winner. She scouted that elbow, David. She knew Kyrie. Well, the match should have already been done. But she didn't she counter it? Well, it should have been a DQ the first fall. Right, right. Yeah. I know you're mad about Kyrie <laughs> losing. I know. But uh, it's it was still pretty fun. It, because of the... Uh, as I said, I didn't like the interference as much. It also did make it more fun. Because I knew Io Shirai had to come out. And yeah. It, there was it. a lot going on in the match. Yeah, and oh, the and Dakota Kai's really enjoyed the face it. looked awesome yeah, as well. Team kick. Maybe that's a stable versus stable thing going on now. Well, I it was interesting to see how they would book this one because I could see a scenario where whoever lost this, everyone would assume is getting called up. But in this finish, it seemed that they're both staying put and it is going to be three on three coming out of this. Well, that's something we've been saying. It's um, I felt Shayna was going to retain, but then who's her opponent after this? So you could go into the Rumble and do a, a non-title three on three kind of match um and then just save like title defenses against your less established women in the division i'm thinking that coming out of uh, this past week's tv they do some number one contenders match with uh, bianca belair and lacey evans and i think that kind of starts the babyface turn for bianca belair because i don't think she's going to be able to stay a heel for very long she no. is so great in that role that maybe she becomes the babyface to face baszler whether it's January and mm-hmm. in the meantime, you just do this three-on-three program yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, in the intro. Definitely. Uh, or Baszler loses the title somewhere along the way, and then it's uh, it's a different title uh, program, and you can do these uh, these six. But I think this is a good introduction for Io Shirai as well to be aligned with uh, Kyrie. Yeah. So is it Team Kick then? Is that what they're going to go? Because it's the <laughs> captain of Team Kick is Dakota Kai. But uh, I, I think that'll be fun to watch week by week with the, the the six of them. And again, for people that haven't didn't watch the Mayon Classic or Evolution, if this is the first thing you've seen from Io Shirai, it's she's pretty good. awesome. Yeah, that moonsault great. was insane. How did you feel uh, this compared, Davey, to their other matches? I I actually really enjoyed this. This was possibly my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, this one might be my favorite one, um, too. It was just fun. It was, I liked the fast-paced nature of it. I liked... Kyrie like straight away just it was fast paced but never felt um, I thought some of the falls it was just it was a very condensed time but I also didn't feel that it was uh, so I I wouldn't say rushed I don't think that's the right uh, description of this it just felt like they this was a match that seemed built for 20 minutes and Mm -hmm. they had to condense it down yeah um, which is tough when you're doing two out of three falls and you don't have uh, a longer period of time but it does appear the program continues after this uh, then we got a cameo by Sean Waltman and his dog, Lula, who doesn't leave him. 
Ever. He got yeah. him in the, the new recruitment to the performance center, is it? Yeah. Lula's lit. <laughs> Might uh, have a developmental dog. I'm a huge fan of this dog because I actually heard about this dog a long time ago from my friend Scrump. He works at Pro Wrestling Tees. All the wrestlers come in there. He's a, He has so many stories of meeting all these wrestlers. And he told us that X-Pac came in with his dog, Lula, and it's like the most amazing dog ever. So I, I had to like look it up on Instagram and I follow X-Pac on all the social media. And then when it showed it right now popped hard i was like this is that dog is great did you see that wwe 24 on raw 25 yeah and he's right. out in the street and undertaker it? like doesn't realize and just gives oh. him a big hug <laughs> and his poor dog is just like, I was like squashed. Ah. <laughs> oh rest in peace <laughs> he nearly squashed the dog uh then we go to Johnny Gargano and Alistair Black. Uh, I was going to say second match of the show. I keep forgetting uh, we had our six second right, opener. Come on, bro. Uh, Gargano comes out. Do you want to describe his gear, Braden? Yes, I can definitely. Why do you go to me? You already knew what I was going to say. I did. Uh, um, Johnny Gargano is t- technically dressed like Venom, but now people are going to cr- try to correct me. Be like, no, he was the Punisher. However, it looks like he took the Punisher logo and mixed it. If there's actually any comic book fans, I know if Way was here, he would help. He would back me yeah, up. See, I thought I was Punisher. I'm glad you're here. Right. To so it's both. It's both. Okay. In the newer Venom comics, like the series, uh, they give the Venom symbiote to like soldiers essentially and they become like venom super soldiers with guns and swat teams so he clearly mixed i've been saying on up next that gargano has turned into venom the whole thing they use it in his gear and stuff so this one is like a mixture of that punisher with the venom as well so super nerdy and super fantastic and i thought that was cool but then alistair's gear blew me away because the dude came out like a demon yeah it was another cool entrance for a dragon alistair black and, you know, this was one of those matches where before the bell even rang, this audience was yeah. rabid for this I match. I was so ready for this match. Uh, I got into wrestling because of comic books. And then as soon as I got more obsessed with wrestling, I kind of pushed comic books aside. But this felt like that because you got the, the gear was so popping to the eyes. Like, well, he had Johnny in the Marvel font and then yeah. TakeOver so in the So he's no Punisher longer font. Johnny Gargano. He's Johnny TakeOver. He's like... The Shawn Michaels of takeovers. You know what I'm saying? He's Mr. Takeover. He's Johnny Takeover. Well, and, and this this program screams Shawn Michaels having a ton of influence on it. I yeah, think. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I was just so ready for this match. This was crazy. So the match begins. Crabs is going nuts. And Gargano starts with a big slap. I actually liked how when he walked down to the ring, he high-fived some little kid in the front row. And then just he had like this... Like this bullshit grin on his face Wait, too. Johnny, yeah, Johnny yeah, did. He, think, he, he thinks he's, he the thinks he's still yeah. the good guy. Yes. Yeah, it's so great. Uh, they start off with a big slap from Gargano, and Black just boots him in the face, and that began uh, some tremendous striking exchanges that were mixed in throughout the entire match. And Black went for this moonsault off the buckle, landing on his feet, and then took a tornado DDT through the ropes uh, from Gargano. This is crazy. He suicide dives him. Then as he's suicide diving, he DDTs him. Yes. And that wouldn't be the only dive spot that had some uh, big conclusion. No. Black then uh, connects with this huge flying knee as both go down. Huge NXT chant. And Gargano goes for the slingshot from one ring into the other and gets hit with a knee in the face. Back to these big strikes. At one point, Black goes to sit cross-legged and just tells him, give me your best shot. And Black ducks an exposed knee, so Gargano follows up with a super kick and a running knee. Can't keep him down. Gargano shoves Black off the top as he's going for a quebrada. So Black lands onto the floor, 
Gargano goes for the suicide dive, and he gets nailed with this knee. And this was the most incredible-looking knee strike you're going to see. It looked unbelievable. I think he killed him. (laughs) This is where some of the symbiote flew off. Uh, There were so many strikes between the two in this match. Like, uh, Aleister Black is more so like the, the striker because he's definitely trained in a bunch of stuff. And Gargano has like a lot of kicks and a lot of knees himself. But watching them go, it's like they've wrestled each other like a million times. Yeah, they're, they're, one they're trying to outstep each other in every single move they were going for, and like it was incredible. They did not miss a single step. Yeah, there was a few moments like where um, you know uh, Black does his flip into the pose, right. and normally the other guy is on the outside and he's waiting, but Johnny's already ran round yeah. and come under the other side him. of the ring and yeah. kicks him. Yeah, it was, and it's it's like they've yeah really been scouting each other for right. a long time. So Gargano is wobbly. He gets to his feet, ducks the black mass, and applies the Gargano escape, but then rolls him into the middle. Black is able to get out and hits a spinning knee that looked awesome. Black pulls down his knee pad, hits a flying knee, and then he lifts up Gargano, nails him with the black mass, and Gargano's lifeless body is just being held up on the chest of Black, who positions him, stares into Gargano's eyes, Best part. and says... I absolve you of all your sins. Second Black Mass kills him. 18 minutes, 11 seconds. I thought this was just excellent. This match was crazy. It delivered 110%. This was insane. The ending, I absolve you of all your sins. This was way better than, I'm sorry, I love you. (laughs) It's my my new favorite. That is like, like, I'm wearing a black craft thing. I love all that crap. And I am like... So into that. I want that on a t-shirt. I want that. Someone's going to show... Alistair Black on Twitter will totally retweet a fan that gets that tattooed. I just love it. Like, the striking was great. The counters were great. The finish was awesome. The storytelling was tremendous. Gargano goes for the DIY... Pope yeah, yeah. but he well. he picks Black up by the chin yeah, with his foot like, like Black, Black does. Yeah. Um, there's so many spots in this, like reverse spike Rana's. Uh, the, I, the Gargano escape, I was like, there's no way that Alistair Black is going to tap out. But then, like, you're still like, oh, wait, maybe he will. And he didn't, but crazy. I love the moment when he was saying, I'm sorry, just give me the Black Mass. Just do yeah, it. Because yeah, I was him. feeling at that time, oh, are they, are they going to switch him here, like yeah. back, and just end it there and... He's like, yeah, I went too far. I was a dick. Like, <laughs> um, And then there was one part where he's like, he's got him in the Gargano escape. And he's like really tugging towards the end. And he, as he's doing, he's like, I'm the hero. I'm the one. I'm the good one. And it's like, no, dude, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, and then Moro is like, Gargano is the man responsible for the biggest mystery of the summer. <laughs> I was like, it's true. <laughs> that storyline was like the whole fucking summer. Um, I thought everything about this might... I, there's been a lot of really good matches this year. This one is up in my... Con- this is so good. Everything about this is so great. You could show this to someone. But video package to finish of the match. And who, someone who doesn't like wrestling, they'll probably eat this up. Does this join the, the Gargano catalog of matches that you show yeah, a significant other? I mean, I mean, who has had as many like high-profile... Man of the year. ...matches that have delivered this year? Yeah, like uh, David's favorite match to bring... Uh, Someone over to the house is Gargano and Almas. Yep. Uh, does that, is, this one evens up almost, I'd say. It's up there. It's definitely up there. This is so crazy. Uh, Alistair Black is someone who, like, he got that injury. He, he actually, when he was champion, he kind of fell down to the wayside from the Johnny Gargano and Tomasa Champa storyline. Well, he never headlined with the belt. He never headlined as a champion. And then he was taken out and because of his injury from the three way. And then, you know, 
he comes back with this match. This was this is a banger. That's what this is. This is a classic. And I, I assume it. It, it's got to be him going for the title now. It has to be. He, Black. He, yeah. yeah. Has to be. Yeah. And where do you guys see Gargano going? I really like the story that here he takes his dark turn yeah. and he still fails. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. And it has to eventually happened. get back to. I think this. Does this culminate with a title win or do you see him like. Ultimately, all right, all right. Well, he's like the hero that never gets the glory. No, at the end. never, never, never. Listen, this is how we fantasy book it. Is uh, he? He couldn't. He couldn't win the, the the big one against Aleister Black. So you know what? He's already turned evil. He's already decided to evil. So why don't you just keep digging deeper and deeper into the evil and join forces with Tomasa Champa and re-enter mm-hmm. themselves into the Dusty Classic as DIY? Oh, okay. But then somewhere down the line, later on. He turns on Champa, resetting him once again, and then you have them go for the title at WrestleMania. That's my, that's our fantasy. He, he needs he needs redemption at yeah, some point. He needs that 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 it's that win. It feels uh, fantasy booking. It feels like he does have to get that he title does. win and that redemption at the end. Well, he's going to show up on SmackDown or Raw and then or Two Hundred Five Live. Like, no, he's something special right now. Yeah. we're going to keep him. Stay away from your main roster. But I I can't see where it's going. But I trust them because it's all been so good up this to this was point so good like this was this was a fantastic match this was everything about it like story wise uh and the, the guys just clicked they wanted to they wanted to come out here and, and entertain you and they did it it was so good and they had the time to do it as well they got yeah, 18 yeah. minutes here and yeah. i mean that was the story these final three matches all had oh, significant yeah. time oh, yeah. to yeah. to tell their stories so following that is the aforementioned Tommaso champa against Hollywood Dream. Oh, <laughs> baby. Dream comes out dressed up as Hollywood Hogan three weeks after Halloween, complete with weightlifting belt. He's got the headband. I mean, he's just decked out. The tights are like the Hollywood tights, the electricity lightning bolts all over it. Right? Yeah. The black. Oh, purple. Had like a, 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 the Love eyes it. on the back of his, his tights Love as well. It. I mean, he looked incredible. Velveteen yeah. Dream always dresses to impress. He's always out here in the, like the stunning gear and it's just odd that they're going with the hogan thing again because he did it at a takeover last time i wonder if hogan was just a real supporter of his in tough enough maybe at that time where they gave him advice or stuff like that so with all the controversy that's happened dream is like no he's he had my back so i've got his whether it's but at the same time as much as it is hulk hogan like he's just still dressed up really cool oh like, yeah this is still his own thing at the same time like he looks so like out there mm. like he's like so ah he's a good he's a great character yeah watch. it's different he's, from like when you've had your you know in big show and charlie haas were mimicking people it's different from that it's still yeah, his it's character it's himself just like his flamboyant like oh i'm gonna dress as hogan rather right. than I'm going to be a cheap imitation. It's yeah. a, it's not like an easy task to be doing something like this and being able to have that, that same individuality. Like he mm. wasn't doing a parody here. No, this no, wasn't comedy, but just the examples you cite that, you know, for a guy that's challenging for your top title, no less. Yeah. Like it does tell you like the presence this guy has that never did this feel like comedy, but he was able to do Hogan spots in this match that got reactions mm. But it, it to me, it never took the feel of a big championship match away. Uh, in fact, I think kind of 
it it just worked. It worked that this guy was taken as a legitimate challenger, which I I don't know if I necessarily viewed him as going into this. Right, of course. A lot of people said that. A lot of people were like, oh, like, there's no way Dream can take the title off Champa. Like, it's just not going to happen. When he came out here, by the way, right at the entrance, he came out and did his first, like, pose off on the ramp. And the crowd was, like, hot. And the crowd was hot this whole show. So props to to, to L.A. because they were hot. But they just saw that Gargano t- uh, black match. So they were kind of, like, chilling out for a little bit. And they weren't really that loud for his entrance. And the camera's right in his face. And he literally, you could see him say it. He says, I can't hear you, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, really? He was right swearing in, a lot Yeah, in this he match. swore a lot in this match. So, uh <laughs> Definitely, you know, he was like, "Where the, you know, wake the fuck up!" And then, you know what? They actually like it. It worked, and the crowd was super into him. But I, I mean, you'll go into the match, but I felt the first portion of the match felt a bit old school WWF. It just felt like it was bringing it down a bit. Which after the the black Gargano match, it needed to do, and then the second half was just nuts. And then it felt like your proper main title match. But it actually made sense to kind of calm down the crowd a bit and do a few of the Hogan stuff and. Have it a bit more entertaining and then go into the. I felt kind like I was watching a wrestling match for a little bit, yeah. Yeah, early on they're playing around with the Hollywood headband and Ciampa's cupping his ears and everyone boos. And I didn't know, are they booing Ciampa or are they yeah. booing the reference to Hogan? <laughs> but later Velveteen Dream would do it and they cheered back. So he gets the headband back. Uh, Ciampa takes over here. He hit a running knee in the corner while using the knee brace. He's beating him down. And then when Dream makes his comeback, he does the big point, yelling you at Ciampa. He he hits a big boot. And then he hits three leg drops that were getting a big reaction. He starts hulking up. And Dream goes after the previously injured knee of Ciampa, including a figure four around the post. And he just starts going to a wrestler fantasy camp here. He's yeah. doing all the spots. He's doing a figure four, which they're bringing up is Flair's move. And they got a rope break off of that. Uh, Dream nearly super kicks the referee. And then Ciampa pulls the tights for a roll up, but gets caught. So Dream hits a Death Valley driver for the first uh, near uh, fall. Dream Valley driver. Of course, the Dream Valley driver. Checking. Uh, and that was the first near fall. And that's when they, they tried to just pace the near falls with each one attempting to be bigger than the last yeah crazy champa hits the project champa and dream kicks out of that then he goes to the floor removes the padding to expose the concrete and the uh he grabs his title and the official takes away the title dream then hits the swinging ddt right onto the title the same spot they did on television champa kicks out of that and i guess at this point uh, are you buying the near falls with, with velveteen dream are they uh is this where the match escalates for you? Definitely. This is definitely where it was getting so crazy because they're just upping the ante. Every spot is crazier than the last, and every fall is just a little bit closer to the the, the pin there. Definitely the spinning DDT because it was Champ who had the title, and it was taken out of his hand and dropped to the floor. And then he hits the DDT, and the ref like sees it, but the ref was like, hey... You- you just hit and dream was like i i yeah no like like, dream was like "Uh, i don't know but i'm pinning him the ref's like all right so he pins him and you're like wow like that could be the finish and then it actually wasn't the finish so you bid on it however i don't know if that was the biggest one that we bid on uh we all watched yeah the big one was next yeah the big one was next the concrete is exposed dream avoids a draping ddt and tackles champa onto the desk and i love this one spot because Moro is screaming that Champa is this SOB. And it's a spot you see all the time when the guys are right around the announcers. And the announcers will say something that 
you think in the back of your mind, like, they could probably hear that if this is real. <laughs> and it's never called upon. And this time, Champa just looks at Moro and starts nailing him with, like, a pad of paper or something. <laughs> and he just nails Moro. And I don't know if he was just playing off of it or this was a planned spot, but I thought it was tremendous. And with Champa distracted with Moro, Dream hits the Dream Valley driver onto the exposed concrete, into the ring, Purple Rainmaker, and... The biggest near fall of the match. I thought this was it. We all thought this yeah. was it. Well, he, he just dropped him on concrete yeah, and hit his finisher. Yeah, yeah, so you're like, okay, so he hits him on the concrete with like one of his moves, throws him in, dumps him in, and then hits the elbow drop there, and it's like, oh my god, purple rainmaker. This was like your WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom main event yeah. near fall, yeah. where they just went all out because, to try and get you to believe. Because just like you were asking us, like, hey, did you really think Dream had a chance in this? And you're like, oh man, nah, champ has got it. And then you watch it, and you're like. Holy shit, he's got this. And then they get me. And that's the best part of watching wrestling when I bite on things like that. It's so fun. I oh. thought everything from the that suplex to the outside, which we Crazy. all gasped at. Yeah. Like I I hate the double, that. The spot. double just... flip over suplex thing to the outside. That oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that just always looks deadly. From yeah. then onwards, it this match was nuts. Yeah, they did the vertical going over the top. And man, when you watch Ciampa doing this stuff, just knowing his like his knee problems, like, oh my god. And then he's he's loosening he's, he's his boot his leg, and he yeah. takes the boot off. He's he's wrestling without a wrestling boot like, on. Dream misses a follow-up elbow drop to the floor, lands on the mat, and then Champa brings him back in, and in between the two rings that are set up, there's because it's war games. Yeah, there's a steel partition that Champa DDTs him onto and drags Dream in to pin him at 22 minutes Damn. and 25 seconds. Damn, I think this so over delivered, and I thought this was hands down the best match I've ever seen from Velvet and Dream. Oh yeah, like definitely. significantly above the Alistair Black one from, from War Games last year. Yeah, this yeah. is a, this is a show. Yeah, Velveteen Dreams. Velveteen Dream is over. Dream over, baby. He is a not only like listen he didn't win the nxt title here tonight but i am telling you that one day he will definitely win the wwe title he is so good at everything he is a perfect package i feel a character like that though it, he doesn't need the title right now no, anyway no, and just definitely. putting on matches like that i still is, bit i bit on that oh. rainmaker on that purple rainmaker i was like you know what fuck it give him the title he could totally run with it I, I wouldn't. He should be the guy who takes it off Gargano in our fantasy booking down the line next uh, next summer, next whatever. Um, this was great. Like I, I called the last match a classic. This was just that. It had such a old school feel, and maybe him dressing up like Hogan a little bit mm. definitely inspired that. Doing double axe handles all the time definitely makes it that feel. But then with the significant upping the ante there with all those spots, so crazy. I this this pay per view is great. So I thought good. Ciampa was really great. Yeah, this match. both of these yeah. guys. Like, I, I'm talking all the dream stuff, but Ciampa's killing it. He's a psycho killer, man. At the end of the match, Ciampa was like shouting at the ref, and when he was on the floor, yeah. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I, what was going on there? Was he I'm not sure if it was like just him being a, a heel or no, because yeah. his nose was busted and oh, dream right, was yeah, dead. Sorry, yeah, was it looks just, like he broke his nose. This and was Ciampa. Yeah, yeah after the match, both stuff. He's like, just big for stuff. a while just. Like shouting away at the ref. Really fucked up because he's like bleeding like bad. They look puffy and bloody, like oh, uh, the, clotted. Well, oh yeah, we'll try and find out uh, what the status was. I just caught him just screaming "Dream over" as yeah. he was uh, going up, exiting over. here. So what a heel. Yeah, but you guys think Chomp and Alistair Black is like coming out? That seems like the logical it makes direction. Yeah. to go in I January. Think it should be that, and and that's definitely the, is that the main event? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. 
You know, you should have something big with Gargano. Maybe it's um, I don't know where you put Gargano with after this. Um, Velveteen Dream. No. Yeah, I'm. You could do Dream, but it's almost like the story is more focused on Gargano and just the opponent's the opponent for that January show. Yeah, but I want to see Velveteen Dream in the Royal Rumble. That's what I want to see. It's it's just uh, you know, when you look at like all the the names that they have at their disposal that. You know, guys like EC3 aren't even getting on TV anymore. Uh, Keith Lee's barely, you know, getting shown. Right, right. So it's like you just have such a, like, where does a Lars Sullivan fit in? You know, you have all these guys. You have Riddle now. Maybe maybe Riddle and Gargano. Maybe that's where you go for January. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of different options that they have at their disposal. War Games match was going to close off the show. Ricochet, Pete Dunne, and the War Raiders against Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. So it starts off with a five-minute period, and then every three minutes, a new entrant enters with the heels having the advantage. Adam Cole starts off for the Undisputed Era, and Ricochet from the opposite end. And these two would go 47 minutes in this match from start to finish. Wow. Uh, Cole took control at the beginning after hitting this backstabber off a reverse elbow by Ricochet. Kyle O'Reilly's in third, so they're double-teaming him, including this uh, Ushigoroshi by Cole onto the knee of O'Reilly. Uh, Ushigoroshi, my favorite wrestling move, maybe of all time. Uh, maybe better than the cutter, RKO, whatever you want to call it. It's just a, such a... Why is it called the Ushigoroshi? Is it named after someone? Um, I think it's uh, probably the origin of uh, the setup. Like, it, it's not a... I imagine it's like some kind of a variation of the judo hold. Okay, because yeah, I just some sort. I love that move. Like I think that's my favorite wrestling. Like if I I create my guy in WWE 2K, that's the move I pick because it's just so cool. Uh, Hanson was in fourth, and what was notable here is that you know in all prior war games, it's just pretty much like everyone's got their order, and in these ones, it's like. They're fighting to see who yeah. can leave the cage first is the next one in. So you just had this chaos amongst the baby faces of they're, they're all fighting to try and get out of this cage. Like they're all in this uh, enclosed telephone oh, booth. Uh, he was like, ah, no, nah, Pete, just stay. You're hurt. Don's just been these two big lads. And he's like, oh. <laughs> You've got the bum knee. You're going in last. <laughs> so uh, Hanson just, uh, you know, elbows his way out of the cage to get get in. And he fires up. He had this phenomenal sequence. He did the continuous clotheslines Holy he always shit. does. This made us laugh. This he just crazy. Because he did it a few times. They're like, oh, he's, he's still doing it. No, he, he did just, it like more than 10 times. This guy's cardio is just incredible. Yeah, like actually, like dude is big and he's doing hands, backwards handspring elbows. Yeah. He's doing 10 running back-to-back clotheslines. Like his cardio must be... Good for him, man. Big dude. Ricochet launched off his back for a shooting star press onto O'Reilly. Fourth in was Roderick Strong. He just came in with all these backbreakers, hit the end of heartache, and they just continued to have the numbers advantage. Uh, Then we had Raymond Rowe entering fifth as both he and Dunn again fought to get out of the cage and Rowe won out, so Dunn was just left there, the poor UK champion. And final entrant for Undisputed Era is Bobby Fish. And he gets out, and he grabs the key from the referee, goes over to Dunn's cage, and he uses his own padlock to lock the cage door. He takes the key, and he throws it away, and the crowd is like, no, how is he going to get out? And time expires for the next one. Oh, before this, this I noted for Braden. uh, Fish brings in all the uh, Undisputed Era branded chairs with their logos on them, and we got to uh, Kyle O'Reilly playing the chair guitar. He played the chair guitar. Uh, Undisputed Era, 
chairs coming soon to WWE. Or would you call would you call them undisputed chairs? Oh God, I didn't come up with that. You did. Don't, don't blame me. <laughs> I'm for doing that a show one. with you. I gotta try to stuff it up. Uh, yeah, where do, where do they get these chairs? Like well, you're at least going to get them with the figures, aren't you? You're going to have a war game set of all four. Everyone's going to have their, their own chairs. chairs. Imagine having a war games toy set. Oh man! Why do great. they not have that? Already? Yeah, yeah. What like, what's the fuck? what's the point of these Let's stipulation go. matches if you they got, can? Like, a month till Christmas, they mm. need to step it up. They've got the shark cages out now. Yeah, like, they had the shark cage when Ellering was. They've there. had the shark cages out since the the takeover here in Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> so, they've maximized the use of them. <laughs> So time expires, but they can't unlock Pete Dunne's cage. The referees go to the back, and they bring out bolt cutters. And they open the cage, and Dunne is limping out, selling the injury from Wednesday's TV. And he grabs a kendo stick. He smashes Cole's hand with it. Then he slams the cage door shut on Strong. And then the biggest reaction, the tables come out. This crowd just loved the sight of these tables that were coming out. Who does Dunn stomps the fingers of O'Reilly. Everyone is attacking each other with weapon shots. I mean, there was probably a solid 20 minutes here of interplay with these eight. That yeah, they're just the, going at it. Um, there was never like a dull moment because there's so much going on. There's literally, there's eight dudes and two rings. So it's just chaos constantly. Yeah. Uh, just some of the highlights here. We had uh, Cole got, I love this. Cole got placed on the table by Hanson and then the leg gave out. So Hanson... Just looks at this. He shoves Cole off the table, picks up the table and fixes it and just shove Cole aside. It was good because the crowd was kind of like booing for a sec because the table gave away. And he's like, nah, fuck that. I'm gonna <laughs> like, yeah. this, this table yeah. isn't ruining my yeah, match. Yeah, no, not here. Not today. Cole and Ricochet sat on the top of the cage and they start exchanging strikes. And that's when O'Reilly tried to get involved, I believe. And they, the idea was they're trying to shove Ricochet off because if he fell onto the floor, he would lose the match. Oh. Uh so then they're fighting, and several of the guys make their way over, and before you know it, you have a seven-person Tower of Doom spot with Adam Cole coming off the top of the cage. This was like the most elaborate Tower of Doom I can recall. It yeah. was a huge Tower of Doom, yeah. Yeah, with the War Raiders kind of as the base at the bottom. Right, and Raymond Rowe sold it like he was like dead like he you ever see like those nasty ufc knockouts where like the guy's body like freezes up or like doesn't move raymond rowe was selling <laughs> raymond rowe was the guy slamming to people he was, raymond rowe was like oh my god i can't move my body i'm paralyzed he was k road <laughs> oh <laughs> see there you are later polish yeah. we're going on <laughs> so then yeah knew, you thought that was crazy though like i knew in this match obviously this was designed with the fact that you have war games, you don't have the the roof on, just like last year. This is tailor made for a ricochet spot. This just was what was what it going everyone, to be? Everyone came here to watch this. So these seven men all stand up. They're staggered in the ring. Ricochet stands on top of this cage. He turns around and he hits a double moonsault, a double rotation, double rotating. Like he flipped twice backwards in the air. Off a cage onto seven dudes. Did you see Will Ospreay's tweet? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> he goes, I legit said just before this, do a double moon, puss. Um, <laughs> he turned around. <laughs> well, he did it. He then did it. Um, oh, my God. This was crazy. This is your. This is one of the worst. most spectacular high-flying spots I've ever seen in my life. This yeah. was definitely the craziest spot. One of the craziest spots. And just what could have gone wrong. It was just... I, he's fine. 
Everyone is fine. Yeah, I mean, this it, is the first time a double rotated moonsault has been used in WWE because I've you've uh, never I, seen it. I, I've I never seen one period outside oh, of Jack Evans. Jack Evans has he done a moonsault? Yeah, he did it, and he would always hurt himself. He would because I've I've seen him do the six thirty. I've never seen no, him. Do... He used to do a double double rotated moonsault, and like you get hurt, you do it, and like Jack Evans, I guess you, Ricochet had seven people to land on. It looked pretty safe. I've seen it not done safe. I've seen Jack Evans get injured by this move multiple times, actually. It's dangerous. Like, you flip. It's hard enough. I can't do a moonsault into a pool. Trust me, I've tried. All I do is end up on my back, and it hurts. Uh, so to double flip twice, <laughs> that is insane. I like how Braden's moonsault is the nesty plunge. Yeah, that's it. That's my, that's my move. No, I like to do swantons in the pool. That's my move. Um, so call me Ricochet, you know, I'm, I'm crazy. But this then is... call of the night from Mauro. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Mauro Nalo, the Just legend. Mama Stefan Mia. <laughs> oh, that wasn't it for me. It was <laughs> Cirque du Ricochet. Yeah, I know like, you love that oh, one. He's been holding on to that yeah. one. I guarantee <laughs> you from, for years since he saw Ricochet. Oh my man. God. Cirque uh, du Ricochet. And then, yeah, he nearly said fuck on the air. A couple of times. <laughs> yeah, like, he almost did. I think it would have been understanding. Yeah, they would have just let it slide in NXT. <laughs> it's like when Joey Styles first, uh, when Rob Van Dam introduced the Van Terminator. Right. And they built it up. The whole match was built towards he's going to debut a new move and he hits it and he just I think the call was uh Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and he apologized for swearing. Uh, um I I I thought this was nuts. This is the gif you're gonna see for a long, long time. I'm sure it's people are gonna like edit it into like a Sonic the Hedgehog thing because like the ro- he's just spinning. Yeah. He's like which is so crazy. You should get a clock with him as the the, the rotating uh, thing. Yeah, this is gonna be like the the move to have programmed in like next year's 2k game they should put ricochet on the cover next year uh don't try this at home like this move like you will break your you'll die so this was spectacular the finishing sequence uh after they have all four in opposite rings and you have this big stare down they've all been through this war and then they just start brawling in the center uh, Cole counters an X-Plex into a DDT, hits the Ushiguroshi and last shot, Pete Dunn kicks out, gets up, and Dunn is able to hit the bitter end as Ricochet, the camera was was zoomed right. in too much that it looked like just a standard splash, but they missed the 450. They right. missed the mm-hmm. whole rotation, but you know what? Ricochet had his moment, so yeah. if the camera misses this, whatever. So, uh, la- uh, sorry, a bitter end and a 450. Springboard 450. Right. And both men put their arms on top of Cole to pin him, so Dunn and Ricochet each get the fall. 47 minutes and 6 seconds, and the, the big uh, kind of closing scene is Dunn with his title, uh, Ricochet with his title, and that seems to me, that's whether you unify this title or it's just title versus title, uh, they obviously had the match on television. I'd save that till Phoenix in January for TakeOver. But that was the clear direction coming out of this. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. there, there, there's looks at each other. Yeah, Dunn did a cheeky look at the like, title. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, Which know. is great. I mean, great to go off the air. You know where you're going. But um, <laughs> the match. First of all, Davey did this outdo last year's for you. And uh, yeah, your thoughts on the match. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just so many. And... Saying about the the camera missing that 450, but I'm just thinking how tough it is to shoot a match like this. Because sure. we have battle royals and rumbles, but in general, it's brawling and then Big someone spot. does a spot. But I, I think it was also they want 
like they didn't want to have a long shot so yeah. they could telegraph the springboard. I think you wanted the idea that Dunn had it won and here is Ricochet out of nowhere landing on him. So, I, I mean, it was not a big deal. But like, no one cared. Ricochet uh, already stole everyone's heart. Yeah. And like, but I really love the idea that both guys get yeah. the pinfall. Yeah. Like, it was just a great way to end this and set this I love the up. visual of the two teams on That's either so side. Cool. And it felt like, like just some epic movie where it's the two towers. Yeah, it felt like Lord of the Rings right, when yeah. you just got all the orcs facing all your heroes yeah, and sure. just, boom. Big fights. Yeah. But the Vikings... The Brit and the Flippy guy versus yeah. Undisputed Era. Man, Undisputed Era lost. Yeah, I was surprised, but I'm glad they they clearly set up something. Because we were saying we can't see Undisputed Era losing because really what does a win for the other team do? But in, in, it's nice for Undisputed to have this as their gimmick. That's like, what I thought they, they would on. do too. Um, well, now uh, Undisputed, they still have the tag titles, so... War Raiders would get a shot. That would make so, sense to go yeah. there. I don't know where Cole fit, fits yeah, in here. where's Cole? I mean, there's lots of guys. I mean, you can throw him in with anyone. Maybe he goes with Riddle. Maybe, um, but I, I see Adam Cole being the one that kind of departs from these eight from yeah, those sure. programs because I can see the tag title program, Ricochet and Dunn. And beyond that, I think Cole maybe goes off to something else. Maybe. I don't know. You could do like a three-way for the NXT title. I don't know. Cole loses the fall, so he's got to go yeah, somewhere. Maybe a title direction isn't the, fir- the first thing you do with him. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I really enjoy... Like, again, we watch a lot of... We, we watch a lot of it because we watch it every week. We watch every episode of NXT. And, like, Cole has been involved in some great TV matches. Like, all these all these guys have been involved in such crazy matches. Like... How long are these guys going to last there? Because, yeah, well, man, this, this, this is going here. to be an act that is going to be as over as the Shield when they're called Definitely. up. Definitely, oh, they yeah. are that level, and you, they'll make money when it's finally the Shield. Ver- uh, well, you know, Seth and Dean at least. You know, there's there's money to be made. That's like the exact Shield. Like it's pretty much that's that layout. You bring them in, they attack someone big. That's how they get brought in. You sell their merch with their armbands, and everyone goes boom, and then you're great. It's yeah. like it's it's gonna work instantly. And and Bobby Fish just coming back from this long injury that like kind of held him up, but then brought Roddy in, and it was like a saving grace for Roderick Strong, the workhorse of NXT. Like going to Ring of Honor for all these years it was interesting watching this match actually because Rick Red Dragon and and War Machine in this match. I've seen those guys fight a lot. Well, and I think you look at this entire card, yeah. <laughs> all but three of them uh, did PWG. Yeah, like, on wow, this, that's on this crazy. Card. Like, it's, that's I think, insane. Velveteen Dream, Sane, and Baszler were the only ones. And Baszler was like a regular going to PWG. Yeah, 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 sure, crowd. yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, our friend Marcus Vandenberg at Yahoo, he was at the show, and I guess Paul Levesque did a thing with the media afterwards. Mm. So the only notes were uh, Bobby Fish was healthy after the match. He didn't get hurt. And they're teasing a big announcement around the NXT UK brand when they do the tapings later this month in Liverpool, Ooh. which I think are next weekend they're doing. David, t- what's the big announcement on the UK show? You would think um, it's not going to be too long before they do a UK takeover. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a takeover. Yeah. Where would they host the biggest take In Wembley? Right Wembley. Away? Or yeah. O2. I guess. Yeah? Yeah. Do you yeah. think they could fill the O2 for a takeover? I think the first one is going to have... first one they could, yeah. I mean, Wem- Wembley they could do. That's um, crazy. I mean, you can still... Going. Like, you can tarp off sections as well. That's like, true. if you just want it to look cool. Like, the O2's an awesome arena. Ask, ask Martin tomorrow. Yeah. There's expert analysis on what, what arena they could run when, because that's inevitable. They're going to do takeover specials for the yeah. UK. I just hope they space them out from these takeovers that they don't have them kind of 
I guess you, you can do whatever you want, but I would like you, you have them spaced out that you can do one one month and then the other without it feeling like you're overdoing the takeovers. Yeah, because it's different rosters. Well, it's felt a long time since we've had a takeover anyway. Yeah, uh, it between has been this a long and SummerSlam, it's yeah. been three months. So. How much are you guys watching the the UK show, if at all? I have been, and then once they went to two a week, yeah, I once found you do two it really it, it hard. Up, that hard was the same watch. with me. Um, I just I was really enjoying it, but yeah. the two a week was just I, I just. Couldn't keep much. up. I want to try and like blitz it and get through it. Um, especially I know Amir Jordan had his yeah, match last friend. week, so I want to see that. And I'm I'm interested. I want it to do well, but it's I think it is a mistake putting two episodes on. I think they just they had so many in the can. They just want to blast through yeah. these old yeah. ones, and then they'll get to one a week, which yeah. is going to be much easier to you know dedicate an hour every Wednesday as opposed to two. Uh, I did put out a poll on Twitter: the best match of the show. What was your match of the show, Braden? Jeez. This War Games match, which I'm not a big fan of these like crazy epic match battles like this. I liked this one way more than the one last year. Um, great match. Velveteen Dream and Champa instant NXT championship classic. You're not going to do a three-way decision. I want one answer from you. <laughs> but my, my winner is Aleister Black and Johnny Takeover. That match is crazy. The storytelling, everything involved. That was, I gotta rewatch it. Later How about tonight. you, Davey? I'm gonna go with the title match. Yeah. Um, it started off slow, but once it, for me, but once it got going, I, I bit about five times. And yeah. for me, that, that wins it for me. Yeah. So I, I went with Gargano and Black. Yeah. I think you could go many different ways here. Uh, so, so for the poll, we had, uh, 554 people vote, 4%. Poor Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane getting the votes. <laughs> but then, what a close one we have here. Th- uh, 28% voted for War Games. 33% for Gargano and Black. 35% Champa and Velveteen Dream. Wow. So the people are with Davey. Mm. Yeah. Dream over. We do have some feedback. Are you guys able to uh, to pull up the thread and we can all... Uh, uh, um, I don't I know. I can do it on my phone. Oh. Here. You know what, Brayton? As I go through this first one, I will... Uh, I will email it to you. But while I'm doing this, Braden, let all the listeners know when they can hear up next, as you are here on the the post-wrestling feed as well. Yes, so if you're uh, not used to listening to us, and shout out to all the the people who do listen to up next, the fans of the BDE, the Braden Davey experience, or estate, as I we call our place. Uh, we do up next every Thursday. We watch NXT every single week. Uh, in case you're not watching NXT, it's a lot to watch, a lot of wrestling. If you're not watching the show, we update you, we watch it, and we do all that stuff for you. We have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, we started doing some movie reviews as well. We, we saw John and Wei were having so much fun with watching Marvel movies. We thought, why don't we watch movies we like? So we watched, uh, the original Halloween and Halloween 2. We have those movie reviews up there since Halloween was there. Yeah. But our next one is because, uh, it's the fans we're demanding because you know we're the millennials of the post wrestling family. The, what is it? Avocado munching, V neck wearing, skin wing jeans. tip shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't wear V necks. Come on. <laughs> um, no, uh, we're gonna. Did watch... that promo really break your heart on Monday from Rhonda? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I felt she was talking to you. Rhonda is like a millennial too. <laughs> like Ron, like get out of here, Rhonda. I like Rhonda. Well, so- someone pointed out the fact that you know her thing was about. An entitled millennial like Becky, and they brought it up. The two are born two days apart in oh, 1987. Wow, yeah. Like two days relax, separate yeah. those two. Calm down. They're born in 1987. Yeah, you're a millennial. When were you born? 91. 91 and you're 89. 89. Yeah. Okay, you guys so, are still younger than them. Um, I just make 
more still make bad choices. That's what millennials do. Um, we're going to review Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Wow. From the 90s. So I can't wait. Out. Have you ever seen that movie? I think I saw that in the theater. Wow. Actually. Lit. Yes. I'm so, envious of that. I have no recollection of it, so I'll be listening to, re- to the review. So we, we want to do more movie reviews as well. We love doing the NXT, so listen to all that. Because, like, honestly, this year of wrestling, NXT has had some crazy TV matches. And if you're like, oh, I just watched the takeovers, I can tell you there's more than, like, I can't even count on my fingers of how many matches that I would highly recommend that are takeover le- level matches that have happened on regular one-hour episodes yeah. of NXT. It's been the best year of NXT It's been the, by far. Like, a I lot think. of people will say, like, when Finn Balor or Nakamura were around in NXT when they got really hot and popular, this surpasses it. Yeah. This, this, this crop of talent in, the, in this roster for me is so exciting. It's never been this deep. No. It's so great. It's so good. Uh, I, myself, like, am a huge wrestling fan. I kind of, like, fell off the main roster. It just became too much for me to consume week to week. And this one-hour show is great. And, like, me and David... Uh, we're roommates and we live together. So we put, we watch NXT together and then we talk about it and we have a lot of fun doing it. So that's why we do it. It's amazing to me. I was thinking about this this week that when you have the setup of the WWE network where one of their biggest things is number of hours consumed. That's a big reason why you're seeing all these shows that are marathon shows that they've increased the length of the Hall yeah. of Fame so long, everything. And yet NXT has been able to still have this argument on its side that from an uh, from an artistic presentation we only want to do quarterly shows we want to keep our tv to one hour even though there's a counter argument that we have all these guys in the pc that are not getting tv time that all these months are spent towards 12 to 14 spots on a takeover show give or take right and the fact is these are way more digestible with a one hour TV show and a two and a half to three hour takeover show every couple of months as opposed to just giving in and doing – they could have just thrown it in and say, hey, we'll do an hour and a half, two hour show and we'll do takeovers every month and they'd be watered down inevitably. Yeah, right. And I don't want that. Yeah. I, and like it's, I, I think it's a real credit that they have been want... able to stay this course. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Like there's been talks that like what they're going to bring NXT onto Fox and make it two hours. Please don't do that. I like it the way it is right now. It's a developmental but it's got some – it's got a little like – something organic to yeah. it and natural and it makes it entertaining and with so there great. being that time between shows it it builds up each feud yeah. until they're white hot and you're ready for it yeah and then it moves on rather than wanting more rushing like when you've got a we've got tlc coming up next it's like okay so why are they throwing that gimmick you've got hell in a cell it's Someone's been feuding for a week, and it's like, yeah, sure. Are you not excited about the finals of the Mixed Match Challenge at TLC? (laughs) We're going to finally get the answer as to which mixed uh, match is going to be victorious and get an all-expenses-paid vacation anywhere in the world, Braden. (laughs) Let's let's go to the feedback thread. Tonight's uh, show, we you could rank it on a scale of one to twenty. And oh dear, well, uh, I don't have access to the, me and Dave are going to go through this, and you can respond to questions, Braden. So, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, what what do you feel the the audience uh, ranked this? The uh, ranked this takeover? Yeah. Oh, I'll give it a I'll give it a ten. A ten? No, one one to twenty. Oh, twenty is the top. Yeah, twenty. I don't care. They're not going to be twenty. This is a hard group to. to I'm going to go for. 18. 18.4. 16.47. What's wrong with you guys? This is a tough <laughs> crowd. They don't, they're not impressed easily. 
All right, let's start off with Jake from the Windy City. To be honest, I thought I would never see a better takeover event than New Orleans. They really proved me wrong tonight. The bar is so unbelievably high now on NXT. The match between Johnny Gargano and Aleister Black was like a fast-paced video game, but adds an incredible amount of emotion and storytelling into it as well. What a slobber knocker of a match. I really pray that both of them do not go up to the main roster for a long time. The War Games match was entertaining, but I prefer to see a roof on it like the old WCW. I don't know how you can watch that ricochet spot and then wish for a... Yeah. Nope. Uh, I didn't mind it at all. That's I'm not nope. nostalgic. That's why I like the gimmick of you can't leave, like you forfeit, yes. and they incorporated that in the match well. I think it does make way more sense. I think, especially for the talent roster, it just it's a better match yeah. for the roster you have. Uh, even though there's no roof on the cage, if a team member leaves a cage, it'll be forfeited. Yes, it makes sense. Other than that, this is truly the greatest takeover of all time. Then again, this could change again within the next takeovers and gives us 20 Velveteen hairdos out of 20. Oh, his hair is so good. Yes. And he his also mentions so uh, the Dean Ambrose Chronicle special they aired right after. It's apparently very good. I've okay. heard from a few people. So, Does it have double rotating moonsaults? I don't know if Dean Ambrose did that. Oh, no. Um, I don't think he was rotating anything with that. That injury he had. What was it? A rotator cuff. It was a yeah, sh- a bad shoulder injury. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, did you guys feel this was the best takeover? I still lean towards. I don't know. It's, it's very he hard was to. At the one. What's the one everyone loves? New Orleans. Yeah, that's the one everyone loves. That's a that was a great show. That yeah. was such a good show. Uh, I just really was so into this. This was had a like again. I watched the NXT every week. This build for me was so. In, I was so into it. I was so into that Gargano turn that I they had me. They ha- I had to watch this show because of that, and they got me at that. So I think if you had thrown in a twelve minute Riddle Ono match, I think people would yeah, definitely sure. be yeah maybe like no controversy that it's at least takeover of the that New Orleans one. Like that was one of the greatest shows this ever. company has yeah, produced. Yeah, WWE ever. has yeah, a, yeah, has yeah. produced in my definitely, opinion. Definitely, I agree. Uh, do you have one third game? Yes. Uh, Jamie from Leamington. Uh, Takeover delivers as always. Black and Gargano was excellent. I love the fast-paced, brutal striking approach that felt extremely personal and fitting the feud. There were so many twists and turns with the logical ending that further both men. Alistair in particular felt like he had an additional edge that ha- we haven't seen before. Uh, then to build on that, Champer and Dream was brilliant in a completely different way, still feeling personal but with more methodical style. The ending was fantastic and I am impressed they managed to get the crowd to bite on a Dream near fall. That elbow to the outside though, damn. I enjoy the running thread through Dream's run that he is always so close but gets uh, but goes a step too far trying to do something impressive. War Games was good fun but suffered from following the other two matches. Lots of great spots, but lacked the compelling story to elevate it. Still a great match, though. Feels like Pete Dunne is being super protected like Drew is on the main roster. My only complaint is that Kyrie and Shayna got 10 minutes. Not enough for a regular match, let alone two out of three falls. I don't know if Shayna got a stinger off the DDT on the apron and they had to go home sooner than planned, but it felt like they got shortchanged, especially with the time given to Ono Riddle, which was disappointing in itself. That aside, a great takeover... NXT manages to always do great stories with great in-ring while keeping things fresh. Can't wait for the next one. I would say in this day and age with the WWE, if there was a a fear of a neck injury, they're stopping the match. Yeah. I don't think it's the mm-hmm. the, t- the era of the past where they would just gut their way through the finish. Um, even though we did see Triple H just do that with a, with a peck. But with a neck, it's totally different. That yeah. I, I don't think they would have continued. Uh, by the way, for your hangover edition, there are also... 
they taped matches with Keith Lee and Lars Sullivan against enhancement talent. So there were three matches Whoa. taped. Whoa. So, so there. Boom. Clear out your Wednesday night. Hangover edition. We might need to watch more Art Attack before this so we watch. This is why we're doing Power Rangers. <laughs> it was the last uh, takeover, we, we talked about Power Rangers for like 20 minutes, and we were like... I can't believe we talked about Power Rangers for minutes. Like, probably going to alienate our audience. And then the most tweets we've ever gotten were like, hey, uh, you guys got any more of that Power Rangers talk? Uh, yeah, we like that. I was like, that's niche. You know what you need to watch is the the vignette they did on Impact this week with the Rascals. I definitely saw that. They're trying to steal my gimmick. What they, is this? They're trying to steal my gimmick. So it's... it's uh, Trey Miguel, Zachary Wentz, and Desmond Xavier. Desmond Xavier is pretty good. I see him being signed in WWE. The way I describe it, it sounds awful, but these three I thought pulled it off. It's like, uh, it's the, that, that 70 show, show, the stoner scene where they're just going from the each isolated angle. shot of each one. And these, I don't know if there's three other guys that could have pulled this off because it could have been horrendous, but I thought they did a really good job with it. Is it like, hey, Weed's cool now. Weed's fine. Let's just go with it. I didn't even take it so much as uh as like a weed gimmick right. as it was just these are these three they just focus more on these like personalities right. of who they are and they're not necessarily hitting you over the head with the weed stuff. Sure. They're like airheads and like they're like Yeah, it's fine. Uh Corey writes here. The second takeover I've attended in person, with the first being New Orleans, and have yet to see a bad match yet. Crowd was hot all night, and outside of the upper deck on the hard camera side, which was taped off, the arena was pretty damn full, which is saying something, because Staples Center is bigger than most arenas. I missed Riddle and Ono, since I thought I had a few minutes to grab beers. That's, <laughs> nope. my, that's my usual yeah, trick. Yeah. Uh, he says, another... Outstanding, unexpected finish for Kyrie and Shayna. Black and Gargano was everything I expected, and Dream Champa far surpassed what I thought was possible. Everyone bit on that purple Rainmaker near fall. Mm-hmm. War Games was amazing, and everything I hoped for. Quick question. Is Gargano the leader for Wrestler of the Year after this match, the ch- between the Champa trilogy and the Almas match, and does Kyle O'Reilly need to split from the Undisputed Era to realize his potential as a single star? Excellent. There's a few questions in there. First, one of we need to address. Johnny Gargano, wrestler of the year. David, I think you yes. you have to say that it. That's a tough one. He'll be in people's discussion. 100%. He, he damn better be. And then what was the second question? Splitting off O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly? Not yet. Let's ask you that question. I know you're a huge Kyle O'Reilly fan. Since, like, before. you. I remember seeing Kyle O'Reilly in Ring of Honor, and you were like, that guy's like going to be a big star. I, I believe Kyle O'Reilly is, is one of the... Best performers in the world. Uh, I, I would say, go. like, a top 15 guy. Well, top 20 guy. He's definitely a top 20 air guitar of all time. Oh, top one. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. He, he is what, I, what I fear for that guy is it getting thrown. I don't... I think that that group is so strong right. that none of them are going to find yeah, themselves on 205 Live. Yeah, let's chill out, guys. Let's hang, have these guys be a faction or yeah, They will need to go up together. Yeah, go up to, like, Monday Night And have them have a night good night. long run Yeah, let together. them go through. Like, I think that's the best way to yeah. use them. I would not be splitting them apart yeah, no, on the main roster. Please do not talk about that. But if he had to, Kyle O'Reilly can swim with the Sharks. All right. Back to Davey. Uh, we have Jalen from Pickering. Phenomenal year for takeovers. Great here, Marrow again brings so much passion and enthusiasm. The NXT title match over delivered. Dream is destined to be a star. No doubt Gargano has been the MVP of NXT this whole year, but poison runners and double knees to the chest being used as transition moves took me out of his match a bit. Tough question. What's been the worst takeover this year? I, I don't know. Not this one. 
We have we had Philly, last one. New oh. Orleans, Brooklyn. So I'd Philly, say Philly was almost Gargano. Then Mania was it was definitely not the New Orleans one. Chicago had Gargano, Champa, Chicago Street Fight. Brooklyn had the last man standing match with Champa and Gargano, and then we have this one, the last one. I'd say Brooklyn. I, Brooklyn? I think. Yeah, it's a I'm tough not saying choice. it was a terrible show. That was a good show too. Hey, like no, but if you're if yeah, you have to right. rank them, I, yeah, everyone I just see. likes pitting them against each other. Yeah, they just want what, 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 find Savages. a negative way to, to couch these shows for everybody. I'm guilty too. I'm sorry. From Gerard, great show. Takeover always delivers. While I grew tired of a lot of the melodramatic elements of the Champa Gargano feud, Champa is still an incredible talent and a dark horse candidate for Wrestler of the Year, at least from an in-ring standpoint. Well, I thought Ciampa carried the match. Dream was great and continues to improve. If he keeps this up, he will be one of the best in all of WWE and even the world very soon. While many have speculated that it's going to be Gargano Ciampa on the WrestleMania weekend takeover, I think building to a rematch with Velveteen Dream is the direction they should go. Mm. Gargano in black was a good match, but I think some of the momentum has really worn off of Gargano. Send Gargano up to the main roster soon and Ciampa up after Mania and have Gargano get his big win on a pay-per-view like mm. SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, bank on that one. No. I get they don't do NXT storylines to carry over to the main roster, but I think it's worth a try. And whatever my fatigue with this feud, it would still be better than most of that main roster stuff that doesn't involve Becky Lynch. Uh, to that, I would say Bailey, Asuka, <laughs> Sasha Banks. Everyone. Yeah. yeah. I, yes. I I wonder, like, Gargano seems to be the one guy that they have so much wrapped around that it's almost like, he's our guy. Please don't take this guy without long notice for us so we can properly end the story that we've been telling for a year now. Uh, it's, it's crazy. We were talking about this the other day, David, that uh, Champa and Gargano were brought in as enhancement talent into NXT, and now they're the guys we're saying, please don't take them away yeah. from us. They're our main guys. Why would you do that? Uh, yeah, sorry, but we're getting Gargano, Champa, WrestleMania weekend, or I quit wrestling. That has to happen. That's that's the. It's got to. Feels What's like it does. Match? I don't know how they're going to get from you, here to how there. Would but... you, how would you make a bigger match than that? You don't. I'm sorry. It's, it has to happen one more time. Uh, feel free to edit around this one, Davey. It's a bit of a length. Oh, jeez, yeah. Quick, uh, make it quick. Right, MJ from NJ. Uh, made a list of holy shit or mamma mia moments I had during this show. Uh, what a show even before War Games, which I'm just studying now. As this match starts, I can't help think what a dream PWG match this is. Sorry, I'm lost here. You know what? Um, this one, it's it's very list heavy. Yeah. So we'll leave it up there. People can sure. go read it on the on the feedback. Let's just go to the next one. We're gonna wrap this up because uh yeah. Brains Gug is drink on. <laughs> uh Mondo Curry. Damn, I love this takeover. It totally outshined the last takeover in Brooklyn. While I never would have expected to say this before the show, Velveteen Dream versus Champa was my match of the night. A match of the year contender. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm still in the heat of the moment. The false finishes, the payoff of the unlaced boot, Champa lashing out at Mauro for serious heat, and the Dream's incredible charisma. Thought it was at all amazingly laid out. Meanwhile, Baszler versus Sane had me very much emotionally invested. While I wanted a different result, this definitely was a well-thought outcome, and it will be interesting seeing the feud branch off into the group versus group. I am wondering what the main event picture will be for WrestleMania weekend, and cannot shake the visual of Alistair Black versus Riddle. Any ideas? Yeah, that match would be sick. I, I, I'm still... Sh they think that, that Champa Dream is match of the year, not yeah. Black Gargano. I like that. It's good, but 
We'll do one more here. Chris from Florida. Really terrific show. This is one where I think if you said any of the four matches are your favorite, it would be tough to argue. The women's match is great. That one spot was terrifying, but on going back, wasn't nearly as bad as I thought it was. I also liked that the actual finish was clean. The Black Gargano match was my favorite of the night. Insane pace. Some of the timing on the spots was ultra tight and great storytelling back up, backed up the terrific in-ring work. Dream Champa was also excellent, but I have to say that the Hogan bit from Dream is wearing a bit thin. Mm. And though Dream is extremely charismatic, I feel in-ring, he is a bit behind some of the other top NXT guys. Loved using Moro to get easy heat. Finishing stretch was gold. The package leading up to the War Games match was stellar, backed by that awesome track from Nita Strauss. I think they really hit a home run with it. Match was fantastic with a terrific finish, but it wasn't as great as the previous years. Still a terrific match. Also, is it just me or is Matt Riddle in absolutely ridiculous shape? (laughs) Jesus! Jax, you know why it's all that weed? When you smoke weed, get chiseled body. Look at me. There you go. Yeah, just uh, it, bro. The reflection of perfection. <laughs> uh, I re- uh, yeah, I thought this was a great takeover card. And the guy said the song was there's a, there's NXT LA has good songs as well. I'm a fan of uh, Bring Me the the Horizon, and they use their song in the other package as well. All the songs they pick are always so fitting for this. I'm just tired of Flow Rider all the time. So it's you're good tired of how can you be tired of Flow Rider? Pitbull what? and Flowrider are just yeah. the guys. And then you get mad when I wake up, <laughs> you up in the morning, blasting green light in the mornings with the right speakers. Yeah, I'd evict right. you if you did yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Survivor Series is coming up Sunday night. Uh, how much did this past week uh, enhance interest? You are watching 100%. this show. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Becky Lynch is Stone Cold Steve Austin in this era. What a woman. What a man. The man. Do you expect her to be on the show? She should be shown at some capacity. She should be shown watching the match at some... Yeah, she could be on commentary for the match or... No. Just watch it. Just let her watch it. Her busted up face. Damn. She's a... She's crazy. Is that WrestleMania main event? I think so. Ronda? Becky? Fire. That's crazy. I think that's an easy direction to go. Uh, Davey, any quick thoughts on Survivor Series for Sunday night? What are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to Daniel Bryan Brock. Right, dream um, match, dream that match. That was a match we were going to have almost five years ago. Now it's happening. Now it's happening. And I think I really like, um, I thought they executed his turn really well. Nasty, and man. I think we're going to see a much more, I hope we see a vicious Daniel Bryan, not a I like the not a cowardly chicken shit I Daniel Bryan. I want to see Dragon. I like, think it's going like to be tough doing... to turn that crowd tomorrow night. I think they're all going to be behind Brian yeah, yeah, be behind in that match. Videos. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but on paper, this I'm card looking looks forward to awesome. the show. I think it's. Yeah. I think Rollins and Nakamura could be a. I hope so. Great this match. is where Nakamura needs to show me he. Oh, he really needs make or break. To, yeah, I Nakamura think. needs to step it up a bit. So let's go, boy. I, I think the Rousey and Flair should. I, I think they'll have a very good match together. Card, yeah. um, the the elimination matches don't do a whole lot for me, mm-hmm. but we'll see booking wise. Those can kind of, you know, are kind of made or broken based off booking. And then you've got uh, The Bar against AOP and Buddy Murphy against Mustafa Ali, which could be quite the sleeper match yeah, on that, that show. Yeah, that we did, I think. So that's coming up on Sunday night. Wei Ting will be here with me for a post-show coming out out of that. And Braden and Davey will be back Wednesday with Up Next. So if you're listening to this on the post-wrestling feed... Do go and subscribe. Listen to, to us. Up next feed. And if you want to check out our Instagram story tomorrow for our Survivor Series little party. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. The I best four-man Survivor Series team will be happening at the BDE. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We always post. We're roommates, so we post funny shit together. So at the Bray D. 
And I am at Davey Portman. We always tweet you back, and we love all the, the listeners. And if you do subscribe, go favorite us, download, subscribe, comment, say you like us. We love all the support and everything like that, especially from you, uh, John, and Way. You guys have been great. So We're pretty you. fantastic, yeah. Yeah, you're all, right. <laughs> you're all right. No, absolutely. Go. They do a fantastic show covering NXT and 205 Live and lots of other stuff yeah, that you guys we cover as well. Yeah, we like, there's a lot of wrestling on Wednesday nights. We did the if, – if you go back and if you did not watch the May Young Classic but you're interested go back we did we covered the whole thing you can go back and listen to that as well through our feed um as well as upcoming shows yeah including the the movie reviews we we want to take suggestions on that as well so we're going to do we want to do more horror movies but we want to do power rangers next so we'll do that as well so check us out there uh we love feedback and all that stuff too Awesome. Well, that's going to wrap it up, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. You can go to postwrestling.com. We will have coverage of Survivor Series all night long, including the post show. Go subscribe. Up next, all that great stuff. And if you are a double-double ice cap or espresso member of the Post Wrestling Cafe, you can watch the live stream of me and Way's post show on Sunday night Whoa. immediately after the Survivor Series. Yes, video. Wow. So if you are double-double or higher, you can watch live. Uh, and then everyone else, the show will be up for free uh, late Sunday night. So that's it. We're going to wrap up. All and right. These two are out to hit the world. I absolve you of all your sins. Ahoy!